This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. in your life on this Saturday, September 11th, 2021. Hello again, everyone. Good evening and welcome to the post-fight show, the Triller post-fight show. Vitor Belfort just stopped Evander Holyfield in the first round, about 10 seconds left in the first round via TKO. It was as depressing as we all expected. Also, Anderson Silva stopped Tito Ortiz in about 81 seconds in the first round in their fight. A bizarre night, which had the Trump family involved in the commentary, actually a lot more involved than we expected. Jorge Masvidal, Junior Dos Santos, and a whole lot more. I'm Mario Hawani. I'm joined by the other members of 3PAC, Pizzi Carroll, who's in Ireland, who I suspect is very happy because it's only 3.11 a.m. over there. So a <laughs> UFC main card would just be starting if it was a pay-per-view night. Chuck Mendenhall in Connecticut, TST in God knows where, parts unknown. Chuck, <laughs> how are you? Uh, I'm great, man. I was a lot better until about 10 minutes ago when this uh, main event started, but uh, I'm hanging in. Pizzi, doing okay? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you said I must be happy. I don't know if you can be happy after seeing what we just saw oh. in the main event there. Uh, we spoke about the many ways this could go yesterday. And unfortunately, this was the one we hoped would not happen. <laughs> and it has so, happened. Well, in a way, I'm happy it ended relatively quickly. But a 58-year-old man should not be taking punches like that to the head. Very clear that while uh, Evander Holyfield is in tremendous shape for a 58-year-old. None of us will look that good at 58. He is slow. He he is a little bit, you know, punch drunk, if you will. He doesn't mm. speak the same way. He doesn't move the same way in interviews. This fight should have never happened. Shame on the Florida Commission for allowing this to happen. Kudos to California for, for saying no to it. Um, but it was uncomfortable, right, Chuck? I mean, to watch that even <laughs> for two minutes, even though it didn't end yes. um, in the eighth round or something like that, which would have been horribly depressing, it was still very, very depressing to watch, in my opinion, no? Oh, oh definitely, man. And, you know, the whole... The commentary on this is obviously that we're dealing with a legend, you know, former champion, all these types of things. That obviously doesn't matter in the situation that we're in when you're 58, you're going to be 59 in a month. And I think that when we talked about this fight uh, yesterday and, and kind of uh, setting the table, there was one worst case scenario. I don't know if we reached quite the worst case. It would have been really bad to see him just take a punch that knocked him out where he went flat to the canvas and it took a while for him to come to. That would have been the worst case scenario, but this was kind of right there, right? Like getting knocked down a couple times and then the, the fight being stopped where uh, it just, 
it resembles an assault, man. I mean, like, what what more can you say? You the, the guy is fifty eight years old. He's just not moving. Like you mentioned, uh, the synopsis aren't you know they're they aren't firing on all cylinders like they once were. It's just not the same guy, and you don't want to see him take that beating. And unfortunately, that's exactly the what we feared would happen, and and it did. So I guess. In the thriller sense, you know, like when you look at like what happened last time and you say, well, how do you top this kind of hedonistic, drunken, crazy, wild night that they had last time? Well, let's have a 58-year-old guy get beat up in the main event in this one. It's par for the course, I guess, but it's just, I. Well, we said it going in. I'm like, I'm not sure what they want to get out of this. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, that's, that was a very, very sad thing. I did not need to see that. Yeah, um, I just felt... It looked bad, even from Evander's walkout. I'm kind of thinking, how could anyone let this happen? He doesn't seem to have the wherewithal he used to have in there. 58 years of age. I don't know how they let it happen, especially when other commissions already had said this same thing, as we said on Friday, 20 years ago, basically. 17 years ago, whatever it was. But um, really depressing way to end the evening, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I think... Anderson and Tito, um, there was some kind of entertainment for MMA fans there as well. But at the same time, we thought it'd be a squash match, and that's what it turned out to be as well, right? I mean, in in a way, I almost feel like, and I think we even alluded to this yesterday, it should have been Anderson, Belfort, and Ortiz Holyfield. If we had to have these four guys fighting at the top, those are the guys. Um, Look, in, in, in a way, I'm happy that it ended early for Holyfield. I'm embarrassed for Tito. I mean, I'm not the one to cry work, but that felt like a work to me. Am I crazy? Uh, Is that a crazy accusation? Well, listen, the way you made that accusation was sort of brilliant because whatever (laughs) you retweeted was uh, there was no real insinuation there other than the video. So then you say, decide for yourself without any prompting. I thought that was brilliant. But I will say that I then looked at it because I did not see it that way in real time. And they were very slow to actually give us a replay on that. So when you watched it in real time. It took like six, seven minutes. Yeah, very weird. It was uncomfortable. I was like, what's going on? You know, Um, it was almost like wrestling in the sense like, well, let's just do different cameras angles to like you know so you can't see the blows landing um but it was it's not like he didn't take that punch directly on his chin but what was going on with his punches toward you know it felt like he was waiting for the punch there and then the fall was so dramatic it felt like someone doing pro wrestling to me well listen there was a there was a moment if you watch it closely, where it's like he's swinging so so like lightly inside that box, where it's almost like he's tapping him, like okay, here, down, now, now, you know, or something like that. So after you mentioned that, I watched it, and then I started to actually see that. So I will say, and I know we were talking about this a little bit off air. For all the people that cry about like fights being fixed, and especially in these novelty fights, it's kind of amazing that I think because people saw the punch land, but it's kind of amazing to me that that wasn't the immediate outcry. Well, I'm talking about the way he fell, guys. Just to, just to. Yes, the way he fell, the way he waited for the punch. Look, it doesn't really matter. Again, at the end of the day, I don't even think, as we said yesterday, Anderson. I think is almost above all of this in a weird way, and I think he just wanted to go yeah. in, get paid, and move on. Even that pre-fight promo that they aired made me feel like he felt like he was above all of this, but. I honestly don't even feel like Anderson was a part of whatever work that could be. But let's be honest, Tito has lost all 
morals. He is yeah. not, I mean, if he ever had, I don't know, you know, I didn't know him in his <laughs> early days of his career, but like the way he's been acting as of late, truly bizarre as Vitor Belfort is currently in the ring, cutting yeah. some kind of promo oh on God, God knows who, uh, Ryan Kavanaugh also of Triller's in the ring as well right now. Um, and so we appreciate everyone who's joining us, but the, the whole thing felt weird, but can we just like for a quick second, PC, just say <laughs> Anderson Silver for whatever he's taking part in, has become like one of the feel good stories of 2021. Am I wrong? Like it's just actually beautiful to see the guy moving the way he's moving and doing the things that he's doing outside of the UFC and having some sort of happiness and joy, regardless of what kind of a debacle this all was. It is quite nice to see Anderson kind of go out on his own terms, no? Absolutely. And I think it's actually bolstered by the fact that you have Jake Paul v MMA happening, right? He's going in, he's busting up all these MMA guys. Mm. And then we have this one dude from MMA, obviously a bona fide legend, one of the most spectacular fighters of all time in MMA, going into boxing and looking really, really good. I think it's a good tonic for the industry at the moment <laughs> because uh, MMA getting its ass handed to them in, in boxing all the time isn't sitting well, well with MMA fans. <laughs> interestingly, with these, what would you call these? Like, I, I don't know if it's celebrity matchmaking or if it's just novelty fights. These, uh, it's like celebrity yeah. death match. Yeah. Well, whatever you want to call it, the one thing that happens is there is a, a definite rooting interest, I think, in most of these cases. Um, and in this particular one, I think that seeing Anderson Silva, I think he already had generated that good, positive vibe by his last fight. And I think that going into this one, Tito kind of doesn't have that same feeling, right? Like, he hasn't had that feeling in years, if he's ever had it. And I think that watching that, that play out the way it did... Um, carried the rooting interest forward. And I think that now people will be cheering for him. If he fights, I saw I saw you loot into this, Ariel. If, like, if they were to put together, obviously, a, a fight with Jake Paul or something like that, that's big, big business, isn't it? And I think that it actually has a, a pretty good vibe to it at this point. Okay, so here's, here's an update on that. Uh, okay. Ryan Kavanaugh in the ring proposed a $30 million winner-take-all fight between Jake Paul and Vitor Belfort on Thanksgiving Day. Slash night. I'm seeing night and day. Doesn't really matter. Thirty million. Winner take all. Vitor Belfort died and went to heaven. Man. Here's He's the like... quote. Here's the quote from Vitor himself, who's cutting a mad promo. He's all fired up. It's shades of 2013 Vitor oh. out there. Oh, no. Quote. He earned the respect, but he's still a Disney World kid. Hey, Jake Paul, stop running from me, man. I'm going to teach you a lesson. <laughs> I like you can be my Jake's kid. You're going to meet daddy over here at Triller. Stop running, you bitch. End quote. Now, here's the interesting thing about this. Wasn't Vitor the one just two days ago completely dismissing Jake Paul as yeah. a kid who doesn't <laughs> yeah. belong and all this stuff? Now he's literally on his knee. Well, not literally on his knees, but yeah. standing on his feet, begging him to come fight him in some sort of $30 million winner take all. I actually believe that Triller would pay that much because they're, God knows how much they paid for the Trumps to be there. But... Jake Paul, I don't think, is ever entertaining. I don't think he wants to do business with Triller, A. And B, he's got a Showtime thing. So I, I don't know if any of this can even happen. But crazy, crazy way to end the night. Pizzi? So go ahead, Pizzi. Is this so is this a positive thing now for Vitor? Is that is that what we're kind of coming away? Like here's his big call out. Like, I mean, like yeah. what what is what is the thing we're meant to take from Vitor knocking out uh six year old Ivanar Holyfield tonight? I mean, is he suddenly now <laughs> thrust into the world of YouTube boxing matches. Is he suddenly the name on all the kids' lisps? Miss, Isn't that miss, insane? Miss you, go, you go knock out a 59-year-old guy, and now there's a $30 million 
you know, lotto ticket being waved in your face. What the hell is that all about? Yeah, and as Ariel said, like, this guy can't fight. Like, Jake Paul is contracted the show to him. It's not like he's going to say, oh, here, lads, I'm just going to go back to Triller. $30 million fight. I mean, this makes absolutely no uh, sense. Not even the call out at the end has made sense, lads. What do you want me to do with this? What do you want me to do with can, this? Can, can we just entertain, like, just, just for the hell of it, let's just go totally crazy. Um, <laughs> who wins that fight, Chuck, in your opinion? Let's, just for fun. Jake Paul or Vitor Belfort? Man, see, see now this is where, see, so this is where it actually is kind of fun, right? Like because it, I, I don't think it's just a slam dunk for Belfort here. Um, God, I'd probably pick him. I'd still pick him, I think. But uh, who? Wait, who's I, I him? Think, who's him? I, I pick Vitor probably. You pick in Vitor, that fight. yeah, because they are kind of the same weight. Yeah, well, Vitor yeah. was that two two oh six for this fight. Yeah, so I mean. He, and Jake Paul was 190 for his last fight, right? So, yeah. Uh, make it I, happen, Triller. <laughs> make it happen. Let's get oh, Espinosa on the line. Let's Ooh. get Espinosa on the line. Now, I wonder where, you know, where would they want this fight to take place? Which commission? Because let's be honest, I mean, Vitor looks like the 2013 Vitor. And that leads us all to think that there's TRT involved and whatnot. Um, back to the main event very quickly. <laughs> we could talk more about this this circus. Um Chuck, did you think you know I was worried it was going to be a work? Do you think that was a work in the main event, or do you think no. those were le- okay legitimate punches that, that I be, think that so were handed out? Well, I thought if the, you know if we're dealing in any kind of decency, which I don't really think we are, but if you were, wouldn't it be a work in some other way that was less uh, you know pathetic? Because I think that this type of event it just seems. It it takes on such a dark tent when the worst case scenario happens, and I think that that's what made it. You know, it never had a good vibe anyway, but it just confirms the bad vibes as it comes out. So if you're going to make a work, you would think that it would be like, all right, we're we're going to make it look like a Vander's in this fight for a while at least, or something along those lines, or just don't knock him out or whatever, you know. But um, clearly, he was he was trying to uh, Vitor was trying to knock him out, so. I don't think it yeah, was work. I agree with that. By the way, just want to uh, quickly go back, and I appreciate everyone who's tuning in live on Spotify Greenroom. Quickly go back to a tweet from one of the greatest fighters of all time. His name, Daniel Cormier, who tweeted to me uh, <laughs> Friday morning, Ariel, quote, <laughs> oh I don't God. care how bad he <laughs> looks on the mitts or how old he is. I can't see a world world where this dude, Holyfield, loses a straight boxing match to Vitor. You're tripping, yeah. Elwadi. <laughs> hey, hey Pizzi, and while we're at it, who was telling you the same thing, man? You might as well throw him under the bus, who, too. Who, who, who? who I can't remember. Casey. Oh, Casey Casey Lloyd. Casey Lloyd. What? He was saying that v, uh, Evander Holyfield was going to outbox Vitor over the, the yeah, duration of the fight. Who well, thought that? What was that? What was that bump? What was that bump? Oh, that was uh, Casey under the bus. All right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Who thought I that? Actually, he didn't even say it to me. He said it like in a reply to Kaposa. So maybe he was being well, a said it. Uh, sarcastic right. self and I'm uh, throwing yeah. him under the bus for no reason. Guys, they're showing um, like slow-mo replay right now of the finish. And, and Vitor legitimately looks terrifying. I mean, he's 44. Yeah. He looks 34. And he's fighting with such aggression. And so, I mean, it's man. just, it's a crazy it's thing. It's not aggression. And we've mentioned this before, the 2013, right? The year of the TRT and actually being defended by UFC and this whole this whole thing. It was like literally like he was a lab experiment down in Brazil that they were dropping these American fighters and British fighters in and letting him go to work. That's almost, and now it's like he's unhinged, right? Like he can just kind of return to form. Um, 
that's a, it's weird, man. This whole thing is just bizarre. That this now we're like perpetuating this legacy, and not only that, but we're talking about thirty million dollars. I know that's not going to happen, but it's just. I feel like we went into Berserker land here, you know? It's like why, Bizarro World. Why not Anderson Silva v. Jake Paul? Does that not make more sense? Because I, I, I would think. Okay, so there's two, so there's two things about that. Uh, very, very good point. Um, you're doing a great job, by the way, PT, of always bringing up the point that I want to bring up to you guys beforehand. Yeah. Um, I Subliminal, believe that's called, baby. I believe that's called <laughs> chemistry, guys. Chemistry. Oh, 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 oh. Uh -huh. failed okay, science so, me. So Michael Chiesa tweeted, I wanted to tweet it, um, I must say, full disclosure, but I wanted to wait for someone else to do it first because I knew everyone would get mad at me if I did. But Kiesa <laughs> said, that's the fight to make. Anderson yeah. Silva versus Jake Paul. Now, worth noting, Jake Paul is 24. Anderson Silva is 46. If we're advocating for that, aren't we sort of you know, advocating <laughs> well, for this? Or is it different, Chuck? I think it's different. I mean, 58 years old is a lot different. Yeah. Not to mention, now, we, we added the context going into this fight of the 2004 barring in New York, the types of things that uh, Evander Holyfield is, but we've never really dealt with that when it comes to Anderson Silva. He's had some uh, issues where he's suspended, but there's never been a moment where he's not lucid or like showing you that he's had his full wits or you see his movements have really changed. I still think that he looks really good. Um, and he's enjoying the second life as a boxer, but I'm like, to me, he looks he looks fine. He's still doing his thing. Um, that has a totally more that has a viable vibe to it rather than whatever this was. Yeah, and Anderson's looked really good too in his two foot. Like, I mean, I know you guys have cast some doubt on what happened tonight, but he looked really good against Chavez. It's not like in the Holyfield situation where he put out a video of him doing pads last year and he had to take it down because the internet murdered him for it. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. I feel like it's a very different situation. It's not like we're taking Anderson off the shelf where he's been for 10 years. I think he's looked pretty good. It looks like he's taking this seriously. So I think there's more of a basis for this than Holyfield coming out of retirement. Who's, who's that cat that Ariel, you like him that who, he does like uh, breakdowns of fights. Like he kind of slows him down and points up the, points out the setups and things like that. Robin Black. I would love, yeah, I know he does it for MMA. There's a boxing version of this. Dan Canobio? And, uh, yeah, I think that's him, the right? Like, I would Yes, I, I would be interested to see this based on uh, somebody watching it in super slow-mo and, and giving their expert opinion on what happens in that final sequence with Tito there. Well, I don't know. The whole thing was weird to me. I'm happy that that was quick. I'm loving everything about Anderson Silva in 2021. I'm loving... The honesty in his interviews. I'm yeah. loving the unfiltered. I mean, everyone's gone independent in 2021, and it's a beautiful thing to <laughs> so watch. True. You're it's such a an really influencer, Ariel. I mean, look, let's uh, you know, let's not say that I started the trend. He went independent <laughs> yeah, I was, because I was independent a full year yeah, before. Were, what are, were, are we talking about? As, as, <laughs> hey, by the way, as was Pizzi, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you relax yeah, over there. Yeah. Well, here's the difference. I guess here's the difference. Ours was not voluntary. But anyways, go ahead, man. Fair enough. I, I'm really genuinely interested in where Anderson goes. Like if I were Showtime, because there's no HBO boxing anymore, I would sign Anderson and just like get into the Anderson boxing business. But I want Anderson to go oh, into yeah. the business of fighting, you know, it doesn't have to be fellow 46-year-olds, but, you know, guys who are 38, 39, whomever they may be. If I'm Jake Paul's team, I still go for the Tommy Fury fight. I still get that win over the quote-unquote boxer build him up a little more, see if Anderson goes out there. That's something that could be out there, but I think it might be a little too soon. I mean, mm. Anderson beats Jake Paul, right? I mean, Anderson yes, is a better... I think so. Right? I mean, he's too quick. Yeah. He's too polished. 
I don't know if that's a smart move. It would be fun, and it would be the. It would almost be like Anderson's the final boss in this MMA versus Jake Paul feud. He's the guy who ends up fighting on behalf of MMA and ends, you know, ends Jake Paul for (laughs) once. But I just feel like it would be too soon. It's fun to think about, but that would be a mistake if I'm Jake Paul's team. You agree? There's only one thing to do um, if you're thinking like this, Ariel, and that's make Anderson Silva v Pretty Boy Taylor. And then if we see Stop that he it. can manage Pretty Boy Taylor, <laughs> then possibly, just possibly, he could get in there with Jake Paul. I mean, they, uh, why not just do Anderson Silva versus Vitor? Okay, that was now? the one. That was the one. Yeah. <laughs> that was. I the mean, one. why not? Yeah, you already have the backstory. Now they both just won. I mean, put them put them together. Go to Brazil and do that. I don't know if Brazil is, is open to fights. That would probably be a huge fight in Brazil. But yes, if you have some sort of arrangement with both of those guys. That seems to be the natural one. Just kind of bizarre. isn't? Don't you guys think it's weird? We're talking about Anderson Silva, Vitor Belfort, Tito Ortiz, Jorge Masvidal, JDS. It's like a boxing event, but with all MMA guys. Like Sean Porter was the yeah. only boxing sort of guy on this card or involved in this card. Isn't that weird? It's f- funny that, you know, boxing's getting this infusion, right, of, of different things. But it, a lot of it is MMA. It's like the MMA guys kind of going over there or, you know, uh, YouTube personalities. It's, it is the whole setup is bizarre. If you'd pointed out this, uh, you know, five years ago, I'd say you're crazy the way that things have gone. Is that because the boxing media have said we're high-roading this? We don't want anything to do with this. This is anti-establishment. Like, why, why is that? Like, that they're it's featuring weird, so many huh? people because it's reverberating with the MMA fan base more so than the boxing audience. But why is that? It's a great point. Well, I think, it's, yeah. Well, I'll just add, sorry, Chuck, uh, to interrupt, but like when I was at Jake Paul and Woodley, there was way more MMA media there than boxing media. Sure. And it wasn't just like Fugazi media. It was MMA fighting and MMA junkie and um, ESPN. Mm-hmm. Like ESPN sent one guy and it was Ramundi. It wasn't, you know, their boxing guy. So for whatever reason, it seems like, I don't know what it says about us and our yeah. acceptance well, of these freak show things <laughs> or maybe what it says about them and they think yeah. that they're all like high and mighty, but the MMA community and the MMA media core covers these events way True. more uh, thoroughly and honestly with more respect than the boxing media for whatever it's worth. Sure. I well, think that... I think that, uh, just real quick, you know, that the MMA media has latched itself onto a shorter history where the chronicling has not been the same and where it started was completely different. Now, we've seen this, we've seen it be a spectacle that kind of emerged into a sport, but it still holds its spectacle self very high and very coveted, right? Like it still holds the pro wrestling side of itself very high. And I think that uh, given all of that, like, it makes way more sense. It translates for us a lot differently um, to see these types of matchups and and that part of our imagination. We can use it a lot more than the boxing media. I just feel like that those guys, so many of them, especially the really good ones, latch on almost as a chain back through history to the you know the different eras of writers, different eras of uh, fighters, and all that stuff. So there's this tradition that needs to be upheld there. So that is the reason that they aren't like the interest isn't here because they feel like this is belittling the sport. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road with available H track, all wheel drive and three row seating. My whole family can head deep into the wild, conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Good point from Brett K on the uh, the chat here. Reason why is MMA and pro wrestling are more intertwined, so MMA is able to attach itself to these That's spectacles true. a little better, in my opinion. It's a great point. Thank you to everyone in the chat. Thank you to everyone who's listening live. Reminder, if you uh, miss any of this, we have our new feed up, the podcast feed. Uh, our producer, TST, doing a great job with that. Thank you to him. Uh, and that's up on Spotify right now, Ringer MMA Show. We'll take some of your calls a little later on in this uh, live green room, live chat, whatever you want to yeah. call it. Uh, so respect to everyone who's joining us. Um, can I just say something that I'm kind of sure. embarrassed to say, guys? I, oh, I, yes. First of all, I have to take back something that I said yesterday. I didn't think Trump would be in attendance. I thought they'd like pipe him in yeah. you know, from his home. He was there from the first fight to the end he almost never acknowledged now i'm talking about trump senior never acknowledged his son his son was just there kind of like as uh, <laughs> did you notice he was fawning yes, over jds he was fawning over jorge especially never interacted with his son even todd grisham got more love than his God. son uh and i have to say like the art of keeping the conversation moving and dropping some knowledge of course it wasn't like watch it when you know we're not listening to howard cosell out there or anything but <laughs> am i a bad person Come for on. saying that he what was are you gonna say was he actually <laughs> was he actually pretty good out there oh. he was better than, am i wrong oh my God. Well, i mean i mean look it was entertaining but the thing well, is dude where's your bar when you're even thinking about that like where's the bar you hold trump to anyway like he, he was I know so, what you're saying. 
he was so close to getting his facts right. Like he was always like one thing away. Like I know got, you got that four second <laughs> KO, Jorge. Five seconds. Was it was three a four seconds? second. It was four. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then talking about the defines tent, the whole thing. But every time he was just one off. I believe the famous round with Riddick Bow and Evander Holyfield's the ninth round. He's like that tenth round, that tenth round, and you're like yeah. just just so close, mate. The facts so were off. The facts were off, and he was calling him like Anderson Silver and all that stuff. <laughs> Don Junior was Anderson Silver. Am I wrong? Okay. Can, could we agree that Don Jr. was way more insufferable? Like, he was oh, yeah. way more annoying than Don Sr. Because he had that big shitty <laughs> face on him every time he was saying something and you just couldn't. I was like, mate, you're not selling it to me. Smiling away. And you know, you know that guy <laughs> knows how to fight. Am I right? He was doing all that kind of shit. Sorry, oh, but. man. I cannot believe we're, we're breaking this down. And by the way, like, so you post, like, what did you talk to him? Was that at, at Affliction when you interviewed Donald Trump back it in the day? It was at the press conference, June of 2009, a okay. month before the Affliction event at Trump Tower, when they announced that he would be some kind of face for Affliction. Okay. All right. Well, do you think Dana White up... watched to support his buddy making his boxing commentary <laughs> debut, or did oh, his wow, hatred, did his hatred of Triller, oh, you know, no, his, I, I'm sure that. his hatred, his hatred stands above all else. I think. I feel like he watched. Stuff. I feel like he caught you a do? stream. I mean, he can't get enough of this. There were no UFC fights on tonight. What else is he doing? I don't know. That's a good one. Wait, but you guys know. never actually answered my question. Was Trump actually somewhat enjoyable? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I tried I, I, to get out of it. My footwork was pretty good on that one, if you guys want to break it down. Uh, but I will say, I, you know, <laughs> I will say that he did keep, he did keep, there was one point where there were five guys up on that desk and nobody was quarterbacking. I pointed this out to Pizzi and I was like, he was kind of the quarterback because he was the one talking yes, still. There was no play-by-play, so, play, man. You know, that is a disaster waiting to happen. And it didn't yeah. actually turn out to be as bad. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll let I'll let you sleep on that one. Listen, as a as a commentary debutante uh, myself recently, yeah. I mean, I, I sympathize with the spot. Yeah. It's a tough spot to be in. I mean, he was a little more natural than you at it, but like in terms, no, come on. <laughs> uh, the post fight interviewer was way better than me. I'll I'll have to give. All I did praise. say oh I God. did say to you, Ariel, oh that you should be God. very worried, my friend. You should be very very worried. That was. I don't want to get, I know, I'm not, I won't be mean, but that, that, the most excruciating moments were actually during those <laughs> yes. moments. Like, I was like, ah, you I was like, like cr I was like, no. Ariel lacks the same <laughs> dynamics. He needs a bit more dynamic. I but feel. look how she got Vitor fired up. Yeah, we didn't yeah. get a chance to check that out, but she got him talking. I did say, though, as soon as we saw Vitor in the ring, I said, that is kick a granny in the head, Vitor right there. He's going to go straight for the jugular here. Kick yes. a granny in the head. If yeah, you the, did say that. If there was an arrangement in terms of, uh, you know, working this fight, uh, Vitor <laughs> was like, nah, forget it. I'm just going to go annihilate this guy. I know. Uh, PT, could you just let us know the Irish fella that fought earlier, is he General a big Carol? deal? Is he a big but deal? He's a, a big personality. He kind of reminded me a lot of, you know, he came out with the beard, sounded like Connor, talked like Connor a lot. Um, he doesn't really have much of an amateur back, back, uh, background. So a lot of Irish fighters who become really well known in Ireland will usually have a really good amateur pedigree, have gone to the Olympics, have won medals in, at world championships. As far as I know, Jono didn't do any of that. But he went pro and he did challenge for a world title. Uh, he, he came up short in the world title fight. So this is the rebuild from there. I think he's had, he's had one KO win since... And I think this is a second fight since. So, um, yeah, to say he's a big deal would be wrong. He was gathering some momentum ahead of that world title challenge. None of my friends brought up the fact that John O'Carroll was fighting on this um, card. And no, we are not related. In so case you're wondering. If, if Ryan Rosillo 
were uh, you know having a chat right afterward. He would not. He would be silent. We would not hear from him. How long have we been taping here? Over eighteen minutes. Somehow you have managed to tweet at your boy Cormier. This is yes. how good you are. Oh, uh. You tweeted at him during this conversation. Of course, of course, I had to. I mean, I was thinking <laughs> of that in the moment. I had to rub That's, it. I, no, was that was the other thing you were going to mention? The Marvin Gaye thing. Uh, well, can I can I just say I I did tweet to Cormier as you noted you were saying champ yes I also texted him the tweet just in case he missed it that. in his feed I just wanted to make sure it went directly okay. to him uh, yeah I mean I guess uh, we all especially Pizzi owe TST an apology yes. well it was uh, you it was no, I never no. owe TST an apology uh, here we go me and TST love each other right? we only support that's each true. other you are the one who is dragging us all down that that's the way it is he was Troy. right. Tell us what happened, Troy. Tell tell the world what happened. <laughs> tell them. Go ahead. I'm not sure, Troy. He's not even listening to us. <laughs> he's not even listening. He's he's tweeting. <laughs> okay, so for he's those that tweeting. don't know, it's screenless Saturday, lads. You can't do oh, this okay. to much. All right, all right. Well, for those that don't know, uh, they did have a performance, a Marvin Gaye performance, and somehow <laughs> Snoop Dogg was kind of. Intertwined in the whole performance. Made it even yes. more profound. Yeah. Made it even yeah, more was... profound. What's going on? Who knew? I know. That what's, could... what's going on? <laughs> PT mocked uh, Troy yesterday when when he said I that, did not. You did. Uh, Marvin Gaye and uh, Anderson Silver, not Anderson Silva, and uh, <laughs> Anderson Silver and, and Snoop Dogg would be performing, and lo and behold, they did perform. By the way, can I also just say big drop off in the production from like when we went? You remember? You remember the uh, the first card in November with Tyson and Jones? That looked like a movie, mm-hmm. like the lighting and the white ring. This felt like a smoker with a bunch of like yeah. rich white guys in in attendance. No, yeah, I was not. I was not anticipating that to be honest. I thought that this would have a bigger feel to it. And who was the kid? Um, who was the who was the kid that was uh, rapping before the main event? Like, how famous must he be if he's bumping Marvin Gaye for Christ's sake? You know what I mean? Who was that kid? <laughs> That's what I, I want to know. What do you mean, no, the eight year old who sang the national anthem? No, no, he was brilliant. <laughs> I'm talking about the guy before that. <laughs> oh, the whole thing. I mean, again, was it? Just like so. Was it no actually inter? It, like it was so. He, he, can I be honest? We are so drunk off of like the McDonald's that yeah. has become the UFC. It's the same, even when it's Darren Till, even when it's yeah. the crazy, it's Patty Pimblett. It's the same thing. You get something like this, as bad as it is, there's like some kind of enjoyment involved in it because it's just so out of, you know, the realm of what the UFC is doing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the UFC yes, is I so do. cookie cutter at this point that this at least feels as sad as it is, refreshing because Bellator has become so stale, everything else has become so stale, and this is just a total shit show, part of my French, <laughs> that it's actually somewhat enjoyable. And it ended, by the way, at 10 o'clock. So, you know, Eastern yes. time. So how can you hate I, on it? Which, which is a big boon for us, right? Yes. Yeah, I was saying this, I was, I was talking to one of you guys about this. Um, Esther Lynn used to say to me, you know, Ariel's been talking about, why don't the UFC do all these events in the Apex? And Esther always used to say to me, UFC go to these different cities all around the world, and the only thing that's different about the production is the first shot, the opening shot of whatever arena they're in. It will say what country they're in, and that's the mm-hmm. end of it. Do you think in any way this somehow puts pressure on the UFC to make more unique events because these things are like acid dreams? <laughs> you know, I have uh, I have thought about this a little bit. and I, I was thinking about this a couple weeks ago with uh, with Jake Paul, too. It's just... 
the it, whatever they're tapping into is something different. It's something that the UFC is not hitting, right? Like so, and it's not just the compelling nature of a fight, which is I think what people sometimes mistake this whole thing for. Well, this guy's going to try to punch him. It used to be the literal idea of a fight. This was all leading towards a fight would sell itself, and the UFC was very good at that. I do think in this day and age, like the way information goes, the way promotion goes, the way, uh, you know, Jake Paul's putting out, like, he's cutting better promos by himself than the UFC is doing. You know what I mean? Like, just putting together. I just think that the, the, our, our times are different, man. And so you see these types of things. It's sensory overload. It's gratuitous. It's weird. But somehow, and I'm, this one may be too weird. This may be too yeah. gratuitous. But the but the idea itself, the ideas of these types of things is somehow reaching, um, you know, maybe the vital creative center of the the demographic. Like where it's like some of the, it's bringing in new people and all that stuff. I do feel like there's something going on there, um, and I it could be that the UFC we've seen it so many times, and even the people who cover the sport for the last you know 10, 12, 15 years, whatever it is can't help but be drawn to it somewhat. You know what I mean? Just because it is that different. Is it doing good enough, Ariel, to, to make them change? Is it is it doing good enough to force a change in the UFC? Or do you, do you not no. think so? No. I mean, here's the problem. The problem is they're spending insane yes. amount of money it's not on sustainable. Ha- it's not sustainable like I, again i i feel like if this bombs on pay-per-view and you know they don't do a good job a, a big thing that the ufc does is they do a good job of stopping you know streams and clips popping up you know that yeah. that tito ortiz knockout was up on twitter literally seconds after there there's no incentive to buy the pay-per-view if the clips are going to be up and that's a big problem and that's a problem that, that is every true. company has to deal with in 2021 uh wwe does a good job of stopping this like you, you you have to have a whole department and i don't know if triller has that department that stops this piracy a b they're spending insane amount of money on these musical acts on these ancillary characters that you know i, I don't know maybe there's some crazy people who bought this pay-per-view to just hear trump talk for four hours he has <laughs> some uh you know some very you know low followers are. yeah i mean that chat over on the fight tv stream yeah. was just popping like crazy yeah but you know this is unsustainable a lot of good, dis- lot of good discussion over there i don't yes, know if you were very, watching very very very, 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 very compelling but i wonder if this bombs I wonder if they make it to the Teofimo Lopez card that they're trying to put on. Like, how much longer can they actually do this well, thing? And so, to answer your question, I don't think the UFC is sweating this. I don't think they're worried. Yeah. But I, I would like to see Anderson Silva continue to box. Like, I have more interest. Yeah. Am I crazy for the? I have more interest in Anderson Silva, comma boxer than Anderson Silva, comma MMA fighter at this point. Yeah, one hundred percent. Right. I don't now. know why that is. Sure. <laughs> why is that? That's a bizarre thing. But I don't know. It's just a lot of fun. Because to he watch could. Him. I don't think he could. Um, I don't think he could reinvent himself through MMA again, right? Like, we've, we've already established everything that he was going to do. His legacy is set, and it's just an older guy. But somehow, you know, you take out some dimension to it and put on boxing gloves and make it just about that. It becomes a different thing. He's also been handling himself very well through all of this, and then he's having positive results. So it, it just takes on a, a bizarre new chapter for his career, but at least it has a good feeling to it. Because I think for a long time there, man, he was in danger of losing a lot of that goodwill he'd built up before and a lot of his greatness kind of kicks it back in in a weird way. You know, it feels a little bit like it vindicates some of the other stuff. Um, so it's been fun. I, I, I'd like to see him keep doing it too. All right. Yeah, apparently, everyone in the chat telling me it's very easy to find UFC and WWE streams. So apparently, I've just outed myself for being really bad at that sort of thing. <laughs> I actually feel incredibly guilty. And I know, you know, some might say, oh, what are you feeling guilty about? They're millionaires, billionaires. 
I don't know. I always feel like the FBI is going to ring my doorbell if I ever did yeah. that sort of thing. Well, so. Dana's, oh, Dana's, Dana's been all watching. over you, Ariel. You yeah, should always yeah. void a stream. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, a guy with, there's a guy with there's a guy with binoculars outside on a tree yeah. right now, man, watching you. <laughs> they are literally waiting for me to mess up. Um, yeah, I, I, I a little red dot on your head now. What the? No, go. No. I I wonder where they're going to go with all this. I mean, I think we all agree uh, we don't want to ever see Vander Holyfield fight again. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, I think we all agree we never want to see Tito Ortiz fight again, although he did tweet (laughs) earlier that he is going to continue fighting, like earlier meaning minutes ago. But I'm down to see Anderson, and I do think there is a home for Vitor somewhere, right? I mean, I don't think Vitor is completely washed up, especially if he's... uh, (laughs) On the Florida, stuff. baby, yeah. just got to stay down in Florida. Well, we we we've talked about all these wonderful things, but we failed to talk about one of the great delusional moments of the night, and that was when David Hay goes eight rounds with his mate <laughs> and calls out Tyson Fury <laughs> oh straight God. after. I mean, what about Town Def in that situation? I mean, that fight was meant to happen in 2013. <laughs> Didn't make sense at the time then. And oh. definitely doesn't make sense in 2021. What in the name of Christ was David Hay thinking? Was that what a work? That was a I mean, sparring I, match, right? Like David, David like Hay a, was was saying like, "Oh, I was working on a few things that came off in there." I was like, "Mate, nothing." Like, what do you mean it came off in there? <laughs> yeah, my thing though, you can't say you can't say. Well, you know, uh, if you're going to watch this and he's going to be like, "Well, he couldn't even knock out this uh, this billionaire," you know, with my right hand. Well, I was just doing that on purpose so I could get the fight. But you can't then go say it, can you? You can't then go go say that that's what you did. That that made no sense. Nothing that happened there made any sense. Poor old I mean, David Hay. Yeah. What about Jorge Masvidal? I'm told yeah. uh, getting the wrong call time and then showing up later, which actually made him seem kind of cool. Uh, showing up just for the co-mate, so showing up two fights after the Trumps, uh, making a grand entrance. I mean, the whole thing was just super, super yeah. weird. Um, and it was so the one kind of semi-legit fight is the one I can't even I don't even know who the the people were. John the guy we were talking about that. Yeah, there you go. That was a ten rounder. And instead of having maybe Masvidal break up that tension and add some entertainment value to it, we had one of the longest fights I think I've ever sat through in my life, man. <laughs> With JDS and JDS and, and Trump, that was a, that was that was hard. I kind of felt for uh, was it was it Grisham who was still sitting there at that time because you know yeah. he's having to steer a pretty hard ship there. I was just jealous uh, that Masvidal missed the whole thing basically and got to just watch the last two. I know one round fights, <laughs> lucky guy. God bless JDS. Like, JDS is such an innocent soul that it felt like he was genuinely happy to be there and almost taking the whole thing seriously, trying to explain (laughs) to Trump what happened in the Oscar Valdez fight last night. And Trump, it was so strange. (laughs) Never has that man's innocence stood out more than tonight when he's sitting on that panel. Have we got got the fantastic breakdown of Cain Velasquez's ability uh, from from Donald Trump? Oh, yes. Quite a punch. No, no, grappler, grappler, actually. Yeah, yeah. Now, can we go, like, totally pretentious here for a moment, Chuck, and ask the question that they all love to ask, especially on the boxing media side of things, those old dinosaurs, to steal a phrase from uh, Vitor Belfort, um, or was it young dinosaur that he used? Anyway, uh, is this bad for boxing? Is this bad for (laughs) boxing? You know, they love to talk about if it's bad. But honestly, is... Is this stuff bad for boxing or okay. does it just live in a vacuum and people know what it is and boxing kind of moves it, on with what it does? Boxing has had its share of exhibitions and weird things. I still remember growing up in Denver, I was very young, but uh, Lal Alzado, who was a, a Denver Broncos player, 
doing an exhibition with Muhammad Ali at Mile High Stadium. I mean, these types of things are just... Wow, I didn't even know that. That happened? Yeah. Yes, it did. And who this won? Happened. Uh, I don't really recall. It was like a, it was it was very disappointing, as you might guess. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like a, one of those weird things. But I actually don't know if there was an actual winner in the you know. But they they went rounds, um, and it drew a lot of people. But I'm just saying, like boxing has had this. Boxing survives. It always comes down to um, you know the players that come and go. I just find these to be like digressions in the chain, right? Like you get boxing goes on, but you have these things that happen. Um, this particular one was just never that, even if it was Oscar De La Hoya, it would have been better maybe in the sense that Oscar is not 58 years old. Um, but this particular one just had a bad feel to it. It's not a good look for boxing, but I think that boxing dissociates so much, like the sport itself from this type of thing that I don't really think it messes with boxing at all. Um, it, it feels to me like they're promoting a circus, you know, circus tent and, uh, that's how it played out. So I would say it just feels more like that to me. What do you think, PT? Yeah, I think it exists by itself. I don't really, I don't really compare um, Vitor Belport v Evander Holyfield with Anthony Joshua v Alexander Usyk. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not thinking about these things in the same world. They are not the same world. Um, so yeah, I, I don't feel like it's an indictment on boxing. Really, I think Evander fighting is an indictment on the commissions involved in clearing him. Mm. Apparently, he didn't need to even go through any physical of any. Uh, form didn't have to get a neurological check of any form that's crazy man and, and just walk straight in there so it's an indictment on them i don't think it's an indictment on boxing as a sport but i do see a lot of mma people using this as an example to say well look look where boxing is going but i don't think that's fair i think boxing is actually in a pretty good time i think they have a lot of interesting draws at the moment um you know the zone that big deal with with eddie Hearn. i, th I think good things are going to come with that so I, I just don't think it's fair to to blame this on boxing it's definitely not a boxing product as far as i'm concerned i'll throw out uh maybe uh, another pov here i actually feel like this is an indication that boxing is healthy the fact that someone like jake paul who can make a lot of money doing a lot of things actually goes to boxing to make even more money the fact that mma fighters are going to boxing to make more money the fact that you know there's a demand of some kind to see this kind of stuff makes it feel at least to me like boxing is a somewhat thriving alive entity where people are trying to mooch off of it and leech off of it you know what i mean if it was a dead mm -hmm. piece of wood then it wouldn't cater to this type of offshoot if you will yeah um so it actually is an indication that <laughs> the canelos and the errol spences and the terence crawford's and the yeah. ryan garcia's and the legit boxers out there you know fury and wilder and 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 and, and joshua Nusik are actually doing something good and there's a trickle-down effect to where the you know the bottom feeders are actually you know able to make money off yeah. of it so that, that i could see that that's the way i i view didn't it. you didn't you kind of want to know what would have happened if lampley had been on this telecast oh as well come on oh yeah just that's sure. that one extra layer of bizarre wouldn't it i that would have been fun what was that see. moment when he was like uh bang 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 remember that a few years ago where you like completely <laughs> lost it by the way uh this is the post-fight report of the uh lyle alzado muhammad ali fight okay here we go you we go. uh you were wondering um so this happened happen. yes this happened uh back at uh, mile high stadium um now i'm trying to find the year here but it's not telling me the year i will find the year in a moment 
the fight itself, this according to broncoswire.usa today, turned out to be somewhat of a success, all things considered. The exhibition match was supposed to be a friendly bout between Ali and Alzado, and some of the proceeds would be donated to charity. Early in the fight, the two went back and forth, exchanging jabs and dancing around the ring. As the fight progressed, Alzado started to land more and more shots. What started as a friendly fight turned into the two mm-hmm. terrific athletes trying to outdo each other. In the end, Alzado lasted all eight rounds with the champ, something not a lot of fighters are able to claim. Alzado would go on to play six more seasons in the NFL. Oh, wow. This was in the midst of his career? What a strange yeah. thing. And Chuck, you were there? No, no, I wasn't there. Oh, I just remember. I lived in Denver. Yeah, I was, uh, I was very young. I just remember that this was going on. You know what I mean? Like this, this event was happening. People were talking about it. So, I mean, you're, and this is, you know, imagine an event like that with Twitter and Instagram and everything else that you can do now to promote a fight. I mean, it's, so the bottom line, it was more of like this. Uh, it probably was just known in Denver. And like you mentioned, you never even heard of it. But these types of things have been going on for a long time. And uh, uh, PT, sorry, I just want to say, uh, I know everyone was waiting. I got the CompuBox numbers for the main event. Uh, Holyfield landed one punch through 10. Uh, Belfort landed 11 punches through 26. Hmm. Wow. wow. Yes, so, I know you guys were waiting for that. So yeah. what I wanted to ask you guys is, right, so we uh, kind of touched on it on Friday, talking about how this probably doesn't happen unless the the Jake Paul phenomenon, you know, is underway. So when does this end? When does this kind of thing, because this wasn't around forever, right? Like this is a, a new enough phenomenon where people are tuning in to see people who aren't essentially boxers boxing. Um is it just a matter of Jake Paul losing interest, him finishing off his boxing career, and that's the end of these kind of things? Because this is what these influencer people seem to do. They have, they go to reality TV, then they, right. a lot of them have launched music careers. Jake Paul's done all of this, by the way, and now he's a boxer. Yeah. So, but, what but is there the were no influencers on this one. I know, but I mean, this, but I'm just saying that has been, he's basically opened the door that all of these people are walking through as far as I'm concerned. So is his demise in this the end? Is that of is that giving him too much credit though? Isn't that giving him too much credit? Like these freak show fights were happening long before Jake Paul, right? I mean, again, our friend Josh Gross wrote a a, a book on Ali and Oki. I know, but not at not yes. at, not at this not at this uh, level. Not not at such a like the there's so many of them now, right? Like I feel like this is a whole new thing. Like yeah, I know that fight happened many years ago with the with the wrestling guy. But this is happening How dare every you. few months now. It's it's hard to p- pinpoint. I think that the uh, the closer you can get it to dragging or discovering or getting to the bottom of merit or like integrity of an event, like the better off it starts to seem or the healthier it seems. I think that the, with the Jake Paul phenomenon, it's almost been that he's had to kind of prove that he could box, but he's been taking it serious enough where he could get in there and you know hang with an escalation of talent. Right, like right, it's small escalation next guy is a little bit tougher it's like a video game almost watching him and his in his progression through his career but these other events and if you go back to celebrity boxing in the mid aughts right like the the guys were like screech going against Horshack or uh, refrigerator perry fighting manu bull like these types of fights they didn't catch on they were just these weird anomalies that they, they couldn't catch on so because there was absolutely no merit it was just a freak show that's all it was the closer you can bring it to having some merit or some kind of hook that draws it into that, I feel like it, it's better off. But Jake Paul's progression, I feel like is a, it's sort of unprecedented, right? Like what he's been able to do is unprecedented right now. So he's kind of 
he's kind of rewriting history in a weird way by by divorcing himself from boxing's history. It's like the weirdest yeah. thing ever. Like he's he's basically saying I don't want anything to do with boxing history. I'm creating my own, you know. Right. Although he he makes a good analogy or I mean an interesting analogy I should say where he says that like for younger kids he is Ali, he is Tyson, he's the best of all time. Sure. Because they don't know If you can better. get rid of context and get rid of history like that, <laughs> yeah. you're going to be god, you know. That's right. Um, okay, everyone, uh, we're going to call it a night here. Troy, uh, TST is telling us to, uh, wrap it up. He's a little bit of a negative Nancy here. And so, wrap it up, will you? yeah. Uh, but uh. this was fun. And I want to let everyone know once again, uh, Ringer MMA show podcast feed, uh, that's on Spotify exclusively, uh, follow it, download, uh, pizza has been glowing about our downloads. So we want you to download over there and listen <laughs> And uh, you can get the pre-fight show, which was up yesterday. I don't know why you would want to listen to that. We do have the post-fight show from last week, Darren Till, Brunson card, so check that out. Then We're, we're not going to do one next week for uh, the Anthony Smith card, but we'll be back for the paper. What is Troy saying? Arrow's wrong. You can get this on <laughs> Apple Pods? You can? Yeah. yeah since it's when? What are you talking about? Since the whole time. Okay, we'll discuss that later. Uh, is that true? Is this really true? true? I wouldn't lie. Okay, well, thank you, TST. Thank you for weighing in. Um, we'll be back for the UFC pay-per-view. Can I be honest with you guys? I don't know sure. what number it is. What is it? Tell me right now. 266. 266. Jesus. I see. This is how far I've fallen. Um, yeah. I just know it's the Nick Diaz card. Uh, but yeah. we could name any... Going backwards, yeah, go. and you'd be able to 60, pull up that go file. Go from 64 to like... I know. You, I've right done now. this. Pl- do I, right I remember on Subway one time doing this. Do again. You ahead. did every single Give one. Give me one. Uh, UFC 111. Oh, that was a great one. Newark, New Jersey. Dan there Hardy versus uh, GSP. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna, we're not going to do this. It's too late in okay, the show. Yeah, it's but too late. Anyway. It is amazing. It is a good time. It is a good time. Um, anyway, uh, without further ado, final thoughts. Chuck Minnenhall, go ahead. Oh, geez. Well, <laughs> the last time... It took me about 48 hours to truly scrub myself free of what was going on with Triller. This time, I'm going to shower and beat my own record. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> All right. And there you have it. There you have it. Pizzi, anything else for you? Uh, how could I top that? You got, it's it's got to be Chuck's last word. It's got to yeah. be the closing remarks with Mendenhall every time. Keep me on my toes. Um, I like it. And uh, Donna telling you, uh, PT in the chat, that he's going to McDonald's to get something now. If you want anything, let him know. Nice. Yeah, this guy's a double sausage, two hash browns, <laughs> maybe a couple of toasties and a coffee. That'll do me. <laughs> uh, podcast will be up on the feed. Uh, apparently, it's on Apple and Spotify. Thank you for listening. We'll be back for the pay-per-view in two weeks. We love you all, especially everyone in the chat and for everyone sticking around with us. We appreciate you more than you know. Thanks to TST. Thanks to Spotify Greenroom. Thanks to The Ringer. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Take care.